you're still alive. Well, when we jump in here at chapter 46 and verse 31, we see that Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, now just think of that for just a moment. Who has access to Pharaoh? Well, not many. You know, Joe Schmo living downtown. Hey, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh about this. Now, Joseph was in the right place at the right time with the right access. Not for his own purposes, but for his family. He says, I'll go up to Pharaoh and I will say to him, my brothers and my father's household who are in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds, for they have been keepers of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And when Pharaoh calls you and says, and sees, he's preparing his brothers for a meeting with Pharaoh. He says, I'm going to go off and I'm going to tell him this, and this is what you're going to say. And when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? Note verse 34, you shall say, your servants have been keepers of livestock from our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. And so the plan here is, I want my family to be in a good place. And I am in a place of influence right now for the good of others. You see, that's the way we're supposed to see it. It's not about, look at me, look at me, look what I got, look what I got. Friends, the, the right perspective is, let's take a look and see what God has placed in my hands and how I can share it with others how I can use my position for the good of others. It is the, the exact thing we hope for in our politicians. We put you there for the good of our country, not so that you can buy another yacht. We despise that in politicians. But we let it slide when we act that way, right? Look at all the stuff I've got. Look at the big advantage I have. My friends, if God put it in your hand, the first thing you ought to do is look around and say, is there someone God wants me to bless with this? Someone that has a need that God can use me to meet. That's how Joseph said. Preparing his brothers and then presenting. Notice in chapter 47, verse Verse 1 here, here he is now presenting his brother. Because God blessed Joseph, he had something to give to his family, my friends. And notice here in verse 1, So Joseph went in and told Pharaoh, My father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and all that they, have, they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and they are now in the land of Goshen. And from among his brothers he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh doesn't say which five brothers he took but apparently he took the one that would best represent the family and so note here my friends Pharaoh said to his brothers what is your occupation and they said to Pharaoh your servants are shepherds 
as our fathers were. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. And now please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And then the Pharaoh, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best of land. Let them settle in the land of Goshen. And if you know any able men among you, put them in charge of my livestock. What a great opportunity to look out for your family. And perhaps when the Lord has blessed you and provided for you, Maybe the first place you look to see, is this blessing something for my family? How can I share this with the people that God has placed closest to me? And so there they are, invited to take the very best of the land. That's that Nile Delta, fertile, fertile land, my friends beautiful place we play these games in our head boy if i could go anywhere where would i go and of course we all think scotland you know who wouldn't want to go to scotland right you know <laughs> who's laughing <laughs> and my friends here they go god has blessed in order that that blessing might be passed along and that is exactly what joseph has done used his blessing for the good of others. And here in verse 7, we notice that now he has presented his brothers, now he is presenting his father. Then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and stood him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years, few and evil. Now, what he means by that are difficult. Few and difficult have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their sojourning. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Look at that. An opportunity, boy, I'll tell you what. If you had the opportunity to talk to some great leader for 10 minutes, you would probably take some time to figure out how you could get something out of him. You know, boy, I could get him to do that. I could, Jacob's in, he blesses him on the way in and blesses him on the way out. Because a blessing is meant to be shared. Feel free to write that down, I'll wait. The lesson is meant to be shared, my friends. It's meant to be shared. So verse 11 we read, Then Joseph settled his father and his brothers and gave them possession of the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded, and Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all of his father's household with food according to the number of their dependents. Blessing Joseph 
had experience from God was shared with his family. You say, this is simple. Can we move on? No. We need to hit this over and over again, lest it miss your thinking. Lest you forget this and continue to live the way that we live. My friends, the blessing is meant to be shared. It's meant to be shared. So Joseph had something to give his family because of God's blessing in his life. But Joseph also had something to give in his vocation to his employer. Even in the workplace, Joseph had something to share. <laughs> what has he got for Pharaoh, who's king over all of the things that he sees? Well, take a look. Now, there was no food, verse 13, in all of the land, and the famine was very severe. So that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished by reason of the famine. And so Joseph, for the sake of Pharaoh, took possession of all of the money in the kingdom. Take a look. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan in exchange for the grain that they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. I suppose that was pretty good for his employer. Right? People got what they needed. Pharaoh got their money. You notice here in verse 15, And when the money was all spent in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food! Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is gone. And Joseph answered, Give your livestock, and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock, if your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, and the flocks, and the herds, and the donkeys. And he supplied them with food in exchange for all of their livestock that year. So another year of provision. Joseph now has taken possession of all of their money for Pharaoh. Joseph took possession of all their livestock. And now, here in verse 18, he takes possession of all their land and their service. You see, where did he get that idea? Take a look. Verse 18. And when that year was ended, they came to him in the following year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord that our money is all spent. The herds of our livestock are my Lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes? Both we and our land buy us and our land for food. Whose idea was this? It was the people. They said, tell you what, how about we make this deal? We become your servants and you take our land buy us and our land at the end of verse 18. Look at verse 19. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us, again stating it. Buy us and our land for food. And we with our land will be servants to Pharaoh. And give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. So Joseph bought all of the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For all the Egyptians sold their fields because the famine was severe on them, and the land became Pharaoh's. 
And as for the people, he made servants of them from one end of Egypt to another. And only the land of the priest did he not buy. For the priest had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their land. But the deal wasn't done yet. Look at verse 23. Joseph secured one-fifth of their harvest annually. And Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Now here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And at the harvest you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves and your households, and food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives. May it please my Lord, we will be servants to Pharaoh. So they seemed to be quite willing to do this. And Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt. And it stands to this day that Pharaoh should have one, have the fifth, the land of the priests alone, did not become Pharaoh's. Some of you are paying more than 20% in taxes. These people probably are pretty happy about that. They're only going to take a fifth deal. And so there is Joseph, a blessing to his employer. So he had something to give in his vocation. Look at the situation here in Egypt compared to the success of his family in Israel. Notice verse 27. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it and were fruitful and multiplied greatly. And so God continues to keep his word of blessing. He said, I will bless this nation. You say, they're not a nation yet. Just wait. They're getting there. They're getting there. Now when we come to uh, verse 28 here, there's a pretty major transition going on. Jacob begins to speak of his death. You know, you come to a certain age and you say, wait a minute. If I live to this age, I only got this left. And if one is wise, one starts to make wise decisions about this. Well, Jacob is no different here. You will notice here in verse 28, Jacob determines his burial place. So Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the days of Jacob, the years of his life, was 147 years old. You know, when you start getting up to 120, that's when you really want <laughs> So when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, put your hand under my thigh and promise to deal kindly and truly with me. Now that's a euphemism that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unusual kind of thing. To put your hand under someone's thigh was to put your hand under their genitals. Feel free to go, ick. Uh, that's enough. 
because this was related to seed. The Greek word for seed is sperma. Descendants. With others, it was connected to a curse, that your descendants would be cursed. But you will notice here, my friends, Jacob is looking for descendants. And notice what he says here. He recounts God's blessing in his life. But he says, Do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. Carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. And he answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. Then Israel bowed himself on the head of his bed. And here we come to chapter 48. And Jacob begins the blessing process of his children. He begins by recounting God's blessing in his life. After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. So he took him, or took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. And Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. It was certainly, my friends, part of the Abrahamic covenant. Again, personal blessing and a people. I notice in verse 5, Jacob says, And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. He adopts now Joseph's sons, elevates them now to the sons of Jacob. He says, Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are, and the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by my name, by the name of their brothers and their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Padam to, uh, from Padam to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way. And when there was still some distance to go to Ephraim, and I buried her there on the way to Ephraim, that is Bethlehem. And so what he just said now is that your two sons are now on the equivalent of all of the sons of Jacob. And so when we come across a list of the tribes of Israel, two of those tribes are Ephraim and Manasseh. None of them are Joseph. But you know what Joseph just got here? He got the birthright. Yeah, the way down to the uh, almost last, he's the one that got something about birth order getting always changed in the lives of Abraham's family. And so he adopts Joseph's sons and he blesses Joseph's sons. Notice verse 8. 
And this, this is wonderful here. Look at verse 8. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I might bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knee and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand. The right hand was the hand of blessing. It was the primary place. And so here is Joseph putting his sons in the right place. Bless him. He should be the one that gets the main blessing here. But notice what happens. Verse 14, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the hand of Manasseh, crossing his hands. So here's Joseph putting him in the right place, and Jacob does one of these things. Crossed his hands. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, Bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. What an invocation. What a prayer. But when Joseph saw this, verse 17, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. <laughs> Remember Jacob dressed up in goat hair and everything to get the blessing. He knows how it's supposed to work. <laughs> I know, he also shall become a people, and also shall have offspring. Offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, listen to this, this is wonderful. He says, and by you, Israel will pronounce blessing, saying, God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. And Jacob says, oh, may God bless this guy so much that people talk about him this way. Oh, may God bless you like you bless them. What a blessing is the key word here, my friends. But the blessing was never for them. It was for others. The whole point of this nation, of these people, was that through them, all the families of the world would be blessed. That's the whole thing. 
But notice here, verse 21, that Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. And you know how he knows that? Because that's what God told him. Moreover, I have given you rather than to your brothers one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. And so a bit of a gift for Joseph. Perhaps a special place for Jacob. Because God gave me the gift of Now I'm giving it to you. Friends, we just went through a ton of material. I don't want to wrap that up. All of these blessings, Joseph blessed in such a way that he could be a blessing to others. Friends, I would suggest that if we wrap it up, we might say God blesses his people that they might be a blessing to others. God has blessed you. He has given you abilities and experiences and opportunities that other people do not have. And he has done that, that you might be a blessing to others. That you might be a blessing. So how has God blessed you? I'm not talking about stuff here, my friends. Perhaps you have talents. Things that you have learned from practice over and over again. Natural abilities with things. Skills and experience, knowledge, understanding. Are you sharing them? Are these things you say, you know what? I can help you with that. Because I have an experience. I mean, that's supposed to be the point. You see, God comforts us that we might be a comfort to others. Have you experienced difficult days? Has God shown his comfort to you, my friends? He is giving you his comfort. First, because he loves you. Second, so that you have something to share with someone else. It's perhaps a wise thing that we take stock of what God has done in our lives. What do you know? What do you have? What have you experienced? That you can share that with someone else. To be a blessing. Perhaps I could ask you this. Are you familiar with the gospel? The gospel, it's a word that means good news. Surely you're familiar with that. Y'all know what it is. Ten, ten words. Yeah, easy peasy. We know this one. Good. You know how to present it? Key issue, my friend, is that we're all sinners. Sin is rebellion against God, violating his righteous law. The repercussion of that, my friends, is judgment. Because the wages of sin is death. Death is separation from God for all eternity. You know what they call that? 